for those that don't know, the, the entirety of that song was Psalm 150. And uh, you all give it up for my sister-in-law, Minister Karen, wrote that. Well, uh, arranged it. Um, the psalmist wrote it. But it's just an awesome song. The Lord has given her a gift to take scripture and to put, put it to music. Uh, many of us have, have been really blessed by the Galatians 2.20 song and, and the Philippians 1. I'm sorry, Philippians 2 uh, song uh, and now Psalm 150. What, what an awesome gift you have. Um, you don't have to stand, but it should be up on the screen. Why don't we read it together instead of me just reading it? I'll start it off. But it says, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Father, I ask that you would uh, speak through me, that uh, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart might be acceptable in your sight. Father God, help us see Jesus, and in seeing him, help us to believe on him, and believing on him, help us to be saved. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen? Amen. And amen. Um. Although my trip to California a few weeks ago was based on the passing of my brother, one of the benefits of going home is that funerals can be much like family reunions. If you understand what I mean, say amen. 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 I got to see a lot of family that I have not seen. I didn't realize until I got ready to leave that I had not been back home for five years. And a lot changes in five years. And so uh, it's really funny. We, we, we've got these millennials in our family who uh, just think differently. Don't you love them? They just think differently. And so um, I saw my, my second cousins, my first cousin, one of my favorite cousins, has uh, three children. And I saw her two boys, uh, Blake and Brandon Andrews. And uh, they're 6'3", six, 6'4", six, uh, handsome young men. Uh, my daughters are really, really funny, and y'all will get a kick out of this. He said, Daddy, you told me everybody was in your, your, your family was light-skinned except for you, but now I believe it. <laughs> Big old handsome guys, you know, and, and this kind of thing. So I looked at Blake and Brandon, and I said, man, have you guys gotten big? And you know how you say, man, I remember when you were like this. Well, instead of saying, yeah, uh, thank you, Cousin Michael, it's good, good to see you. Uh, they said, you know, I sure hate it when people say, boy, you sure have gotten big. I remember when you were like this, you know, and, and just everybody says that because funerals are much like family reunions. Well, the reason why people can notice the difference is because Blake and Brandon, Brandon grew. They grew. You know, I don't know if we talk about growth enough in the church. Because we can be Christians for 20 years and not grow. <clears throat> we can be in the church for a long time and never grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
So for the next few moments, I want to talk on the subject, grow like Jesus. Grow like Jesus. You know, inevitably, people say, well, you want me to grow like Jesus, but how do you grow? How do you grow? What, what, what steps do I need to take to grow? What areas do I need to grow in? I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. Don't believe in that. But I do believe in growth. And I do believe in goals. And I do believe that we need to aim at something. Because if you don't, you'll hit nothing at all. And if we keep doing what we've always been doing, we'll keep getting what we've always been getting. And so, even in the tough places, I love Hannah because Hannah keeps it real. Uh, there are a couple in the church that really keep it real. You ask them how they're doing and they say, terrible. <laughs> I'm struggling, you know, because uh, that gives me the freedom to say I'm struggling too. But here's one thing about growth. <clears throat> if you take a seed, what do you have to do to cause it to grow? Put it in the ground. Some of you are in a dark place and you're in a deep place and you feel like nobody notices you and nobody knows what you're going through. You're underground. That's the place of growth. Some of us shun difficult things and shun difficult uh, situations and activities and experiences in our lives. Listen, you grow more through that difficulty than you ever will. If everything is going okay, you show me somebody that has been through some something and I'll show you somebody who has grown through that thing and is stronger and is wiser and is 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 more equipped and and, and has more compassion and, and is more like Jesus. It is not what you've been through that defeats you. It is what you've been through that forms you. And causes you to grow. If anybody knows what I mean, say amen. amen. Because Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, a mustard seed is tiny. And it goes down into a deep and dark place. And then gets roots. And then begins to grow slowly but surely. Blake and Brandon did not grow to be six foot three overnight. It took, it took meals and it took sleep and it took exercise and it took the body doing what it does underneath the skin in order for them to grow. And many of us think that growth happens like that. We have a young man that plays in our basketball team and I sure hate that he's a senior because he's our senior captain and he's one of the, the, the finest young men you ever want to meet. I wish he was a little older. I'd introduce him to a couple of my daughters. <clears throat> Are they here tonight? But... Uh, but, but just a fine young man, last year, the first two years that I was there, he played for me, and, and he's just a little bit shorter than I am, but, but was larger than me. This fella, in, in the past two and a half years, has transformed himself physically because of his decision to grow in that area. He was, if you know basketball, he was so large that I had to put him down in a post position because he wasn't as fast as those who played out on the perimeter. Now, I'll put him against any perimeter player. He has lost at least 40 pounds. 
from being a sophomore in high school to being a senior now because he was committed to grow in that area. So I don't believe in New Year's resolutions, but I do believe in growth. And I think that growth takes focus. And growth takes a desire to grow. One last story, and we'll get into to, to the thing. You all know that I'm, I'm the basketball chaplain for Birmingham Southern College. And last year I felt a certain kind of way because Coach hired a guy who is uh, the mental toughness coach. And I'm like, well, what do you need a mental toughness coach? you got a chaplain, you know. So I go to the first practice of the season, and I meet the mental toughness coach. He's an old military man. And he didn't, he wasn't hired. He's a volunteer like I am. And uh, I met him, and he was there because one of his sons plays on the basketball team. So I, I, you know, I said, hey, how you doing? I'm Pastor Mike Jones. He said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm Colonel Bright. I said, really, you're a colonel? He says, yeah, I'm, I'm a retired colonel in, uh, from the Marines. And uh, I said, well, he didn't know I was fishing. But I said, hey, you're a mental toughness coach. What are you teaching the guys? He said, oh, I've got a four-unit, four four-pronged approach, and, and uh, they all start with the letter E. I said, really, tell, tell me what you're doing. He says, well, first of all, the first unit is about excitement. You can't do anything unless you're excited about it. Can't do anything. He said, you can't play. Don't play if you're not excited. Don't come to church if you ain't excited. You know, he says, so the first thing is excitement. The second thing is energy. It's not just excitement, but you've got to give it some energy and some effort. And if you're not giving energy and your effort, there's problem that is there. If you're not excited, there's a problem. If you don't give it energy, there's a problem. And then the third thing is emotional toughness. What do you do when things don't go your way? How do you respond to discouragement? How do you respond to, to uh, uh, plays and, 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 and seasons and, 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 and segments in a game where everything is up against you and you're making one mistake after another, you're getting scored against. You have to be emotionally tough to keep doing what you're supposed to be doing and keep exercising the way you're supposed to exercise. So there's excitement, there's energy, there's emotional toughness, and the last E is execution. Then you're supposed to do what you're called to do. And if you're not doing what you're called to do, and if you're not executing uh, your responsibility on the court, then there's a problem in the first three. Either you're not excited about it, you're not giving enough energy to it, or you're not emotionally tough. I was like, dude, you better preach that, Mr. Marine. Isn't that good? And this is what I told him. I said, brother, that is, that is great. He said, well, what? well, you know, you're a pastor. And I said, but listen, the reason why it's so good, because... You can take anything. It doesn't have to be basketball. Are you excited about it? Are you giving energy to it? Are you emotionally tough? And are you executing your plan and your responsibility? You could put it, you could put it in a marriage. You could take your responsibility as a spouse. You could do it as a church member or a church officer. You could do it as a pastor. Am I excited about it? Am I giving an energy to it? Am I emotionally tough? Am I executing my responsibility? Amen or oh me? We can go home right now. But we're not. (laughs) So, with that as a backdrop, that kind of focus needs to be about growth. And listen, 
Here we are in Luke chapter 2. Jesus is only 12 years old. He is in Jerusalem. They're up there for the feast, as was the custom of his family to be there. They, they evidently traveled in a large number of people because Jesus' parents thought that he was with everybody else. But they get about a day's journey away from Jerusalem and they oh snap, where's Jesus? So they go back to Jerusalem. Jesus all up in the temple talking to the scribes and Pharisees. Listening to them, asking questions. Uh, uh, and they say, hey, why'd you do that? We worried about you. And then Jesus said, didn't you know that I needed to be about my father's business? They take him back. Mary begins to think about all of these things and treasure them in her heart. And all of a sudden, Luke, who investigated everything carefully to write about Jesus, says... And Jesus increased. Some of your translations will say Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and favor with men. Now, I'm not going to keep you long. It's not going to be a Sunday sermon. But I want to talk about four areas of growth. And I want to challenge you to just one thing. After we talk about each one of those things, just one thing. I don't want you to make any resolutions. I don't want you to make any commitments that you're not going to follow through on. I don't want you to make any any pronouncements. Oh, Lord, I'll follow you. No, you'd be just like Peter before the cock crows. You'd be done denied him three times and then cussed out the little girl when she tried to try to. Am I right about it? Before the cat, before you get home tonight, you'd be done broke one of your resolutions. But keep coming back to this verse as a as a guide for you. And Lord, I want to grow in this area. Because, listen, can I, can I keep it real? Year and a half, I'll be 60 years old. And I've been crying old. And I've been using old as an excuse not to grow. No, God wants me to grow. Because if you ain't growing, you dying. You dying. I want to be excited. I want to give my life some energy. I want to see my grandkids. They ain't even born yet. They ain't even got boyfriends hardly. Pray for them. They ain't here so I can say all that. Four areas. Number one, Jesus grew intellectually. The scripture says, and Jesus increased in wisdom. In wisdom. It is not just intellect. It is not just information that he's growing in. The scripture says he's growing in wisdom. Wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. The application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. It's not just knowing and getting smarter. It's about getting wiser. Wiser. This growth centers around our thinking and and, and is focused on our minds. Am I growing in wisdom? Am I growing in wisdom? And you don't have to turn there, but you should mark it down if you're taking notes. There are two ways in the passage in which Jesus grows in wisdom. His parents go and they find him in the temple discussing things with these scribes and Pharisees. And he's doing two things, y'all. Look at verse 46. He's doing two things. Number one, the scripture says he's listening. And number two, he's asking questions. He's listening and he's asking questions. If you doing all the talking, you ain't getting no more wise. Listening and asking questions. That means reading. 
That means exposing yourself to information. That means hanging out with folks who know more than you and have experienced more than you. And one of the practical applications could be one thing is, Lord, give me a mentor this year. Give me a mentor. Give me someone I can, I, I can really just, just rub shoulders with. And, and, and here's the other focus. Put down Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice unto God, uh, which, uh, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your that you might prove the, the good and acceptable uh, will of the Lord. So it is this renewing of our minds. Let me you write something down, okay? Or think through something. You don't have to write something down now. You can think about it when you get home. One thing. One thing. One area. One way in which I can grow. I can grow in wisdom. You know what my one thing is? Three times a week I listen to another preacher. I listen to somebody who I think just is deeper, wiser, more experienced. Love old preachers. I listen to dead preachers, y'all. I do. You go on the YouTube and, 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 and find. I listen to E.V. Hill. I listen to G.E. Patterson. I listen to Adrian Rogers. I listen to. Listen, I, there are some young guys I listen to as well. Matter of fact, you've heard them on Sunday mornings. Uh, right here in this place. <clears throat> intellect. Second area. Not only growing intellectually, but Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. That's Jesus grew physically. Physically. Now, I don't mean to make anybody feel guilty, but all of us can do better physically. And it's not just about losing weight. One, one article that I found said that, that health or wellness is multifaceted. Your flexibility. Can you touch your toes? Strength. Rest. Nutrition. Exercise. You can know if you're healthy, healthy by your body weight, your sleep, your diet. All of those things growing physically. You want to know some things about Jesus? Let me tell you some things about Jesus and we'll move on. Number one, Jesus walked everywhere he went. <laughs> Pastor, I ain't going to be walking. They didn't have no cars. Number two, Jesus ate no processed food. And there is good reason to believe that he ate in moderation. Now, he was accused of being a glutton, but it wasn't like that was his normal pattern of behavior. He would show up at parties and he would show up at feasts. But there is really good evidence in the Old Testament, if he obeyed Old Testament law, that he obeyed Old Testament dietary laws as well. The other thing, Jesus was a carpenter. That means he handled wood. He wasn't weak. He was strong. All those pictures you see of a weak Jesus, you better see some pictures of a buff Jesus because that's, that's, that's who he was. You know, we need some pictures of a buff Jesus, don't we? You know, amen or oh me. 
Listen, carpenters, I mean, you know we have some definition. <laughs> Number four, Jesus made rest a priority. He would sleep in the boat. He would go off to a lonely place. He, he would have, have a ministry rhythm where he would be with the multitudes doing all kinds of things, healing folk and, and, and casting out demons. And then he'd go and be by himself and rest. Mm, did y'all feel that? I felt that. We better move on. What is your one area physically? I don't think he's here, so I can talk about him. But, but isn't it amazing the transformation that Avery Carter has got? So you non-members don't know, but, but we have a member who has transformed himself physically. And it's awesome. And he gets joy over that. And he gets joy over making everybody feel guilty. But anyway, <laughs> did I say that out loud? Okay, third thing. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. In favor with God. Do you know that David was called a man after God's own heart? Abraham was called a friend of God. It was said about Joseph all through his story that God was with him. What is said about you and me? He grew, or these men grew, in their relationship with God. I remember being at a men's retreat, and, and a man asked me over, over lunch. He said, Pastor Mike, we've been talking about growing spiritually all weekend long. How do you do it? And he was honest about, about it. He said, how do you grow spiritually? Well, let me ask you, how do you grow spiritually? Well, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a good answer, the word. Well, what I like to do is give people scriptural handlebars. Here's how you know if you're growing spiritually. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, when the first believers of 3,000 souls were added to the church, the scripture says in 2.42, Acts 2.42, that they continued in the apostles' doctrine, into fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and prayer. It says they grew in that. They continued in it. They increased in it. And you can know if you're growing spiritually, if you're in the Word, the Apostles' Doctrine. Then they had the Apostles who were the, were the authority. Now we have the Word of God, which are, is our authority. So you need to make your way to Bible study. The Apostles' Doctrine, breaking of bread, had to do with Holy Communion. You need to be at church. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some. Come to church. I ain't trying to beat you up over it, but make it your habit. I remember my mother-in-law saying years ago, Pastor, you better check on those folks you hadn't seen because you know coming to church is a habit. You can over-spiritualize it if you want to, but really coming to church is a habit. And if you have, if you have a break in your regular routine of coming to church, it gets easier and easier to miss. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, it says that they, incre- they continued in the Apostles' Doctrine, the breaking of bread, fellowship with one another, connected to other Christians, and prayer. That's how you know if you're growing spiritually. Modern uh, uh, ministries say that it's Bible study, prayer, fellowship, and witnessing. Well, however you want to do it, but I like the scriptural handlebars there in Acts 2.42. Next one. Uh, I promise to keep you short, and I'm going too long. So it says that Jesus continued or he grew or, or he increased 
in, in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and in favor with men. He grew socially. He grew socially. And men and women, I think that that is a lost art. Uh, one of the, 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 just the foundational things, I lost my glasses. One of the foundational things, it's in my pocket. One of the foundational things is being able to build relationships with people. The two great commands are, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is likened unto it, you shall love your neighbor as you do your souls. Loving other folks. Jesus was other focused. He was other focused. And long for the days for us to be the Lone Ranger where we don't build relationships with anybody. Some of the best relationships that you have and the best relationships that I have were made while we were in school. But many of us, most of us, dare I say, we ain't in school no more. So you have to work hard at building relationships with people. It's all about people. Listen, I was at my brother's funeral, and, and it's no big secret. He wasn't a big church person, but he did have a village. And the members of his village came. Matter of fact, those who couldn't come where we had the, the funeral and the graveside service are having a memorial service where we grew up on his birthday, January the 12th. And a big celebration. They've already got Facebook invites all over the place thinking that we're going to come back out there. I'm not coming to that. But uh, uh, did I say that out loud? Well, the reason why I said that is, you don't, I mean, we had two services. I ain't having a third. I ain't doing that again. But, um, but anyway, he had his village. So here are some areas. Your social life. That's work. That is church. That is, are you building relationships with people? And I am not going to assume that everybody in here is married. And so your, your love life. Are you developing in that area? Uh, members of the uh, opposite sex. Are you, are, you, are you developing in that area? Your career. Your vocation. Your, your, not just a job, but your career, things that you, you want to do and are trusting God. Our brother mentioned uh, uh, his, his business as a caterer. And then family. Some of our most difficult relationships are with our family members. Is there an area you want to grow? It could be as simple as I'm accepting phone calls now. <laughs> Oh, glory. Hallelujah. I'm accepting phone calls. Y'all laughing. Some folk don't accept phone calls. And I got family members who were supposed to be at this, this homegoing service who weren't there because they didn't want to see somebody who was going to be there. I ain't the only one. Don't look at me like that. We got to grow socially and being able to get along with people. Let me say this. If you want to use a template for the Scriptures to grow spiritually, you find in your Bible all of the one another Scriptures. Love one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. Build one another up. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Submit to one another. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. Exhort one another. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Comfort one another. Growing socially. So, it could be that you don't have a one thing for any one of those four. What is the most important to you? Growing in wisdom? Intellectually, 
growing physically, growing spiritually, or growing socially. What? No resolutions. Just say, Lord, I want you to help me to grow. I want you to, Lord, I want to pray. Lord, and here's, here's, here's where the rubber meets the road, y'all. And I'll close with this. It may start with inviting someone in your life who is going to help you to grow. Amen. We were in our, our uh, uh, prayer before worship service on Sunday, and, and the chairman of our deacon board, Fred Horton, uh, we were talking about of just you know doing what we need to do in church. And he mentioned Brother Curry, wherever Brother Curry is. Many of you who all don't know Brother Curry, he's the older deacon that came up to share uh, their, their, their partners as deacons. And he said, I remember when we had responsibility of cleaning up the church and I didn't want to come. But week after week, Brother Curry would call me a few days before and said, hey, we cleaning the church on so-and-so, so-and-so. And, and here's what his words were. He helped me to be faithful. So it could be inviting someone in your life to help you to be faithful. You want to grow in that area. If you want biblical handlebars, you've heard me say this before. In Mark chapter 2, I believe it is, uh, there are four friends who take their friend on a stretcher to see Jesus. And they have to cut a hole in the roof and drop him down so they can see Jesus. And this, what I'm saying is, you need to have people in your life who can take you to Jesus when you can't go on your own. And so I'm committed to grow. I'm going to be meditating in the next couple of days on these four areas. And I'm only asking, Lord, just give me one thing. Just give me one thing. Lord, how can I grow intellectually? Give me one thing. Lord, how can I grow physically? Maybe it's no more fast food. Just one thing. I need somebody to help me. Maybe, maybe growing spiritually, you don't come to Bible study, or you don't, you're not a member of a Sunday school class, or you hadn't even been attending church regularly. Just one thing. One thing. And then socially, Lord, I just, I just need to, to build relationship, be the, be the creator of a relationship with somebody this year. Build one new friendship. I'm not asking you to, 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 to conquer the world. Just say, Lord, what's that one thing? Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that, that you will give us that one thing. I pray for my brothers as I, and sisters as I pray for myself. I pray, Father, that you would, would help us to be all that we can be. Praise team, you don't have to come and sing. Just sit. Grab the person's hand that's next to you. Let's pray in this new year. For those of you who are visiting, we, we don't, uh, we stopped a number of years ago with having, uh, a 10 o'clock service that would go into the new year because people do all that crazy stuff with shooting and everything. So we don't want our, our folk on the highway. That's why we have an early service. But let's pray in the year. Uh, if you want to stand, you can, but those around you, groups four, five, whatever, but let's have a season of prayer. And when I close us in prayer, that's going to close our, our, our session tonight. But pray about this new year. Anything that you think to pray, you don't have to tell anybody what the requests are. But let's pray. And then when you hear me close us out, that will also be our benediction to close out tonight. Let's pray.